Good morning. We're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. As always, we pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. Our scripture this morning is coming from the book of Ruth, beginning in chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Amalek, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of the two sons, Malon and Chelion, the Ephraim of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about 10 years. And Malon and Chelon died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. This morning, we're going to look at a message I'm calling the prodigal daughter. The prodigal daughter. And as we look at this passage we need to realize a lot of times in the Old Testament, the names have a great meaning to them. Elimelech means my God is king. Naomi means pleasant. Bethlehem means house of bread. Judah means house of praise. And Moab is said to be my washpot in Psalms 189. So let's remember this scene. Let's realize as Elimelech was going into the community, People would look at him and they wouldn't call him Amalek like we do, but they would literally be saying, my God is king. What a testimony that is. My God is king. And his wife was pleasant, or you could say she was a ray of sunshine everywhere she went. Now, her sons, their names both meant that they was weak or sick. So what a testimony they had as they walked around. My God is king pleasant, joyful as they walked around, even though they was going through problems and troubles and trials. What a testimony they had. But let's look at what they did. When the famine come, they left. They left Bethlehem. They left the house of bread, the house of praise. And what did they do? They went to the wash pot. Now, let's be clear this morning. The wash pot would have been the pot sitting at the door where the men that had been walking and their feet had gotten dirty, they would stop and they would wash it. I wouldn't, they would wash their feet and it would be very dirty water. Now, I I wouldn't take my family and let them wash their hands in the water pot, much less go to live there. But this is exactly what they did. So our first point this morning, we're going to look at the wrong place. The wrong place. There was no prayer recorded in the book of Ruth in this first verse. There's not any place where it says that they prayed and they felt led of God to go and to leave the promised land, the place that God had brought them to and brought them out of Egypt. There's no place where it's recorded that they prayed and they were told to leave. They just decided, you know what? This is what's going to be best for our family. Amalek decided this is what I need to do for my family. But I want you to see not only was there no prayer, there was no plan. See, he said they would sojourn there, but they ended up dwelling there. They stayed for over 10 years. He, I don't believe initially that he intended to stay. He might have told his wife, hey, you know, they've got this 
new place down there where we can go. We can get some groceries. We can stock up. We can load up on the things we need, and we can come back. But what they do, they got down there, and they stayed. Now, let's be clear. Sin will always take you further than you want to go and will always keep you longer than you want to stay. I don't believe they had any business going. God hadn't told them to leave his promised land. He hadn't told him, go down there and I will bless you. But they decided this in themselves that they were going to go down to Moab, down to the wash pot. I want you to see there was no people. They were forbidden. They were forbidden. God's people were forbidden to marry outside of God's people. We see this in Deuteronomy 7, 3 and Judges 3, 6. Now, this doesn't restrict marriages by color or race, but by faith they were not meant to marry those that were godless those that were not part of god's people let's be clear you could get saved back in that day if you weren't of the nation of israel there was provisions for you to be allowed to come in in fact ruth was allowed in she's in the genealogy of christ but what this is saying and that principle still holds true today do not marry outside of your faith. A Christian should not marry anyone that is not a Christian. I'll take it a step further. I don't believe a Christian should marry anyone that isn't actively serving God. It doesn't have a prayer life. It's not faithful to read and study the Word of God. It's not doing a work for the Lord. We have no business doing this. There were no people there, and then there was no protection. Realize that the father died, the sons died, and for a while, it looked as if the family of Elmelech would die right there. There was no children. There was no grandchildren, no male children. There was nobody to carry on that family. John five sixteen says there is a sin unto death. Let's be sure that God will not let us go forever in sin. Now, I'm glad we serve a gracious God. We look at this passage and it appears as though this all happened in a few days, but the reality of it is it took over 10 years for all this to take place. God is gracious. He will give us a chance to return, but I do believe there is a time when you've run from God for so long that there is a sin unto death. There is a time whenever God's grace will stop and He'll just take you home to be in heaven, to be with glory. If you've been saved, you can't lose your salvation. It's not of works, but I believe he will decide it's just time for you to come home. There was no protection. They were in the wrong place. Now, I believe that Naomi, she didn't have no choice but to go with her husband. This was his decision. I don't believe initially she had done anything wrong, but let's look. Let's look at what happens next. The Bible says in verse number six, then she arose with her daughters and law that she might return from the country of Moab for she had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited his people, giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me then the lord grant you that she may find rest each of you in the house of her husband then she kissed them and they lifted up their voice and wept and they said unto her surely we will return with thee unto thy people and naomi said to me again my daughters why will you go with me are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands turn again my daughters go to your way for i'm too old to have a husband if i should say i have 
hope if I should have an husband also that night and should bear sons. We'll stop right there. I want you to see the wrong prayer. She said, the Lord deal kindly with you. In other words, leave me out of it. I can't take you back with me. There's no one there to marry you. I'm not going to have any more sons. She's saying, I can't help you. She was looking at what she could do instead of looking at what God would do. She had, I believe, lost her faith. Now look what she did. She told him to turn to go back to that place, to go back to their little G-gods, to their idols, to go back to where they live. And the first one, Orpah, she did. She went and she turned back. But Ruth, as we know, as we find out later on, she didn't. She insisted on going. We're seeing the wrong person. The wrong person. See, Ruth chose to stay. And 2 Corinthians 7.10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. She chose to say, she said, she, I will stay with God's people. I will be buried. My hope is in Bethlehem. Her mind was made up. She was going. She had already decided she wanted to be with God's people. She said, I'm going to reject. I'm going to reject my people. I'm going to turn on their ways. I'm going to turn from the little Gee, God, she says in verse number 16, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from falling after thee, for whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death, part thee and me. Her mind was made up. She She had already made a decision. She had already made a decision. She had already made a commitment, a commitment that she was going with God's people. And you might be listening today. You might not be saved. You might need to make that commitment too, that you're going to go with God's people, that you're going to trust him as your savior. And I pray if that's the case that you do, but I want us to look at what Naomi did. See, by her lack of faith, by her not praying, see, she could have most likely talked Orpah into going with her. She could have talked her into going and said, hey, we could go. God will provide a way. I don't know how. I don't know the way, but God will provide. God will protect us. Why don't you go ahead and come with us? And if she had chosen to do that, perhaps instead of just Ruth being saved, Orpah would have been saved too. But Orpah, when she turns back, that's the last time we ever hear of her in the word of God. She's left off the pages of history. We don't know what happened to her. We don't know if she got married again. We don't know if she ever become a Christian. It don't look like it. Why? Because Naomi lost her faith. She had the wrong position. Verse number 13, the Bible says, the Lord, she says, the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. See, she wasn't aware of God's blessing. When they come back into Bethlehem, look at what the Bible says in verse number 19. So the two went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were coming to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mary, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty, why then call ye 
me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Hear this lady, Naomi. Started out, her name was pleasant. What does she do? She asked him to name her name from Naomi, which means pleasant, to Mara, which means bitter. She wasn't aware of God's blessing. She didn't stop and realize that she was still alive. For one, God had spared her. God had kept her. She wasn't alone. Ruth was with her. I believe Orpah might have been if she had trusted God. She was still able. She was still able to return to the promised land. She wasn't going by car like we would today. They had to walk back. They had to travel back. It was a great journey, but she was still physically able to go back. She wasn't counting her blessings, what she was doing. She's looking at the circumstances. She was looking at all the things that had happened. And she told them to change her name from pleasant to bitter. I want to ask you today, what will your name be? As you face troubles and trials in life, as you go through problems, what will the world say your name is? Will they say your name is pleasant? Will they say that you're a ray of sunshine, that you're a joy to be around, that you always have strong faith, you're always encouraging people? Or will you let them say that you're bitter? You have that choice today. I encourage you to be a lie, to be a testimony, to keep your faith in the Lord. Encourage others and lead others to Him. I pray this message has been a blessing. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to invite you to join us at Riverside Baptist Church, 871 Riverside Drive, Asheville, North Carolina. God bless.